Welcome to the Digital Bosses Podcast with Joseph and Claire. Our definition of being your own boss means showing up for yourself so you can show up for everyone and everything personally and professionally. So congratulations on showing up, boss. We created the Digital Bosses Podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you start, grow, and build a purposeful online business. If you are a business owner, creator, looking to build an impactful brand that makes a difference, you are in the right place. So let's say Hello, welcome to the Digital Bosses Podcast. Today I am joined by the Metricool team. I have lovely Aniston and Alex in the studio. How are you guys? Thank you. How are you? So nice to have you here. I am so excited because this is the first time that we interview a whole team of a social media scheduling tool. And I think this episode is really interesting for content marketers, social media managers, and solopreneurs, because I believe whether you are in a place in your business where you are still creating content for yourself, or you are in a place where you have a small team, I think there is a lot to learn. And I decided to partner with Metricool because I love this tool so much. We've been using it in the agency and it has made magic for us in terms of productivity. So I am always interested about people journey. So I would love to start with you, Alec, and I would love to ask you, how did you get to Metricool? And I'm going to ask the same question to Aniston as well. Of course. So I've been working for Metricool for about a year now. Um, Aniston and I actually started at the same exact time. Um, But before I was with Metricool, I was working for a small social media agency in my hometown. So I was definitely on a different side of social media management. Um, I was working more with like small town small town clients, small businesses, whereas now I do social media like corporate big business wise. But I think it really helped me get the job at Metropole because it kind of gave me like an overall scale of what who we target as a business in Metropole. I feel like it's given me good vision on like what they need and having been on the other side, like knowing what social media managers need from a scheduling tool. So that is how I arrived at Metropole and it's been such a great year. I love that. And you are part of the USC. Let's give a little bit of a background right so because Metricool is a Spanish brand and they decided to expand to the U.S. and I got to know you guys because I was scrolling on social media and I seen this particular um it was a content of someone that I follow and I love the idea that you guys had all these uh, fantastic features all together in the same place we're gonna dive into this in a minute but Aniston, how did you get to Metricool? So similar to Alex, both of us were, we found um, Metricool on LinkedIn. But actually, um, last year I was living in Madrid. I was doing a teaching program, so nothing related to marketing. Um, I graduated from college with uh, a background in public relations and Spanish. So for a year was kind of out of touch with my public relations marketing background um and then i came upon much cool and it was actually my last week in madrid i had to go back home my visa was expiring i was trying to hold on to that european life as long as i could <laughs> but they were looking for um u.s employees and uh so they found alex and i and immediately um it just seemed like a perfect match. It was funny because I was moving out of my apartment. I was kind of a mess. Um, I took one of the interviews with our manager um, in a cafe. And of course, my apartment was under construction. 
the cafe outside was under construction and i was like <laughs> there's no way i'm getting this job there's just no way so um bless isabel she <laughs> she was very um understanding she's like wow the background was really <laughs> really loud but um she gave me the benefit of the doubt and it's been an awesome year we love that i love that and i love the fact that you took a little bit of europe with you back in the u.s by working for a european company and it reminds me of when i had my sales training manager job in italy i was working for a beauty brand at the time but they asked me to go to barcelona for the interview and i remember i got to barcelona and i was in my day off my boss didn't know i was going for an interview like abroad and the job was in italy but my boss was an international boss she was from barcelona but she was living in england so she asked me to to go to barcelona to meet her and i said you know what let, let me go for a weekend see what happened i get the job interview see if i get it and i did but what was really funny we got there and i had a terrible conjunctivitis <laughs> so I went to this meeting and I had the worst eye infection and I said, I am applying for a job in beauty and I'm going with the worst eyes ever. But I guess it worked out quite well. So this is quite interesting the fact that you mentioned. It doesn't really matter sometimes the setups, does it? And if it See, if it's meant to be, it will be, and it will happen. I love the story. And just to give a little bit of clarity, Alistair is the copywriter in the business, and you guys are both in the U.S. team. How many people are working for the for the business now? You guys now? Total or for U.S. team? Yeah, totally, yeah. I think it's close to 60 now. Uh, oh, amazing. And there's four of us on the U.S. team now. So when we started, it was just me and Aniston. So we've grown a little bit, which is great. <laughs> That's amazing. And Alex, I have a question for you. From a social media manager to the other, I don't really have the opportunity to have many social media managers in the podcast. So I'm going to use that as a perspective because I always love to hear how people work. Now, I know that, you know, you said you work with local businesses. Now you're working with a bigger scale type of client because you're more in charge of the U.S. market. Now, I want to ask you from a social media manager to the other, what would you say is the biggest mistake brands do when it comes to content marketing? So I feel like my take on this is a little bit controversial. And I Oh, I like controversial. Like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of brands don't keep up with the market. And when I say keeping up with the market, I feel like a lot of brands, businesses, honestly, even some entrepreneurs are very much rooted in like the old marketing tactics. And I feel like if you, you know, you want to grow, you want to get your business or brand out there, I feel like you really have to tune into what is working these days. And that mm. usually, you know, brings some uncomfortability. It brings definitely like the unknown considering that marketing changes on a day-to-day -day basis. But I feel like more people need to really do the research on like, you know, what is up and coming, what is happening in the market, what's popular, the different demographics and what they're targeting to. And, you know, kind of get with the times for lack of future phrase. Because um, I really think that anything can be adapted. Like even, you know, I don't I don't say, you know, hop on every single trend that you see because I don't mm -hmm. think that that's effective either. But I do think that you can always find something within a trend that you can adapt back to your company. And I feel like it's really important now because if not, you're going to fall behind on our ever-changing marketing world. I agree. I feel there is such a shift and, you know, for someone like you that work with local businesses just like I did. Because when I started as a social media manager, I 
I came from the beauty world. I worked for, I worked within the role in-house as, as a social media manager person, but then I kind of branched out on my own and I started working with local businesses. And there is such an underestimate power there. And if you're able to master a trend to their own advantage, it's very important. I feel like what's happening right now, I believe there is a big shift from educational content to storytelling content. Alison, would you agree with that? Like from a copywriter perspective, would you say there is a big shift in there? Definitely. I think, you know, authenticity is huge nowadays and it's something that's going to help you connect with other brands and other partnerships. Yeah. And I think it's super important to kind of tell your story uh, through your content rather than, you know, obviously educational uh, content is important, but there needs to be kind of that diversity and variety to not only tell your story, provide some of those solutions, that education, kind of the why of why your company is doing this, why you care about this, help your client. But, you know, and then that that human kind of side of it of we're not just a big corporate brand. We're real people working um, behind this. We want to, you know, help other, you know, other people in our space. So, yeah. And I love when you are able to see the behind the scene of the brands and especially when you see the team behind the scene. You guys do such a great job in your page with Metricool because you show some relatable content or what it looks like to schedule content or to, you know, there was one particular reel that made me laugh and it was about you, Alec, sharing that you haven't spoke to Alison for weeks, even though you're part of the same team. That made me giggle. I was laughing because that happens to my team too. And I agree with you, Alison, when you said about relatability. I think there isn't enough creativity when it comes to that. I feel like people are so scared to put their word out there. And when you mentioned about the why, especially brands are so focused on the sales part. And let me tell you, I am one of the most sales driven people when it comes to social media content. I always say, you need to talk about your offer. I say this to all the content marketers out there, all the social media managers out there. If you are selling your offer, you need to talk about it. If you are educating more than you're selling, you're becoming a commodity for your audience. And that doesn't work either because it does not convert. But I like what you shared about the fact that it has to be that relatability and authenticity factor. I think it's very important. Yeah, I think people also mix up the relatability with the trends. They're like, oh, you know, hopping on those trends and kind of posting those trends all the time is relatable. And yeah, it is relatable, but can't, you know, you can't just focus on one thing. Honestly, I had it with the relatability thing because people overuse this word and there was something the other day on social media and I was just laughing I was like just because you show up on reels with your hair that you haven't washed for three days that doesn't make you relatable it just makes you messy <laughs> hey it's Claire here how's going are you enjoying the episode today and what is your biggest takeaway if you like what you're listening and make sure that you go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We value your feedback and let us know how we can improve. And now, back to the show. I want to dive into Metricool as a tool more specific, but I want to know what is that one piece of advice from your perspective that you 
had it wet on social media right now? Something that you see all the time that you cannot bear anymore from both of you. I feel like mine is very specific. Mine is very specific to social media managers. <laughs> um, I hate that, you know, like specifically on short form content where everyone's like, you know, make $10,000 in a month with your social media clients. It drives me insane because I'm like, that is just putting this false narrative on the platform that, you know, social media management is going to make you so much money right off the bat super easily. And like, well, there are probably people that have it, that that has happened to like, that's amazing. Great for them. It's I feel like that's not the norm. Like it takes time to build a business. It takes time to get clients that trust you. And it's also such a, you know, clients come in and out when you are a smaller social media manager or even if you're like an agency. So that's probably my biggest pet peeve just because I feel like it's very misleading. For the permanent record, I cannot stand that type of marketing. I think there is such a misconception of what social media management is and that type of content. And this is something that I want to share to the listener. If you are going to a page of someone that you follow and the only narrative of their marketing strategy is on a figure based marketing. So they tell you just the amount of money that they make or they share. How did they make six figures? How can you do the same? There's nobody and I repeat, nobody that can guarantee you a specific figure unless they pay you that money themselves, which wouldn't make any sense if you're selling a product in that sense. So I agree with you, Alex. I feel like there is such a wrong narrative, which means every new person approaching this industry feels they are always behind and it creates such an imposter syndrome. I don't know if you agree. I definitely think that that can happen just based off of like, you know, coming into that, believing that like ideology that you're going to be successful right off the bat. And if you're not, then you're 20 steps behind from the agency or social media manager. Right, exactly. And how will you understand? What's your, what did you have it with when it comes to that piece of advice, even in the copywriting industry? Yeah. Um, okay. Picking, piggybacking off of Alex, um, I think something that frustrates me is when you know, people post, oh, I quit my nine to five job. Now I work freelance, whatever. Which is great. I mean, great for you. But I think that's another, you know, another message that isn't real for all people. You know, some people work are, are and you know, we've communicated and we work with nurse practitioners um, who are working full time plus, you know, managing social media on the side and people who you know, don't really have the opportunity to kind of just quit their nine to five and freelance. And, you know, I think it's, it's great. And I think the capacity for people to do that with our, you know, our digital space is awesome, but I think it's not accessible to all people. And I think some people kind of need to be more aware of that, of, you know, how can, how can you kind of share content of still, you know, talking to those people who, can't just kind of quit their jobs and, you know, freelance. I agree with you. It's what I call toxic marketing, okay? Because it really is bashing on a corporate job. And I always mention this, I wouldn't be able to be where I am today if I didn't have my corporate job. But it's not only about the freedom of being able to say I quit my job. And it's not something that everybody can do. I talk from a perspective of being an expert before, you know, I moved from Italy to London and from London to the US. And, you know, I wouldn't be able to do what I do if I didn't have the 
accessibility to, to money, to things. And being in a corporate job is not only about the security of it, but it's also about giving you the framework to be able to work the right way. Because this is another point that I believe it's often underestimated. People get, you know, there is this big narrative on social media, 20 something years old, they just want to run their own business, which is great. But what I always say to my tribe, I say, you need to be able to gain the experience you like to be able to run your own business successfully. And it is really a matter of being able to do this. And I see this a lot with content creators. You know, I used to be an influencer manager and you get to meet it with people. They don't show up or they don't show up in the right way or they don't reply to you in an email in a professional manner. So there's no proposal in place. They don't have a structure to write an email the right way or to write a proposal in a specific way or to actually build a business case for what they sell the right way. I feel like this is a huge problem. Problem. And this comes from lack of experience in the corporate ladder. Uh, you need that particular experience to be able to get to freedom of working for yourself. And even if you don't and you are doing this as a side hustle and you're doing multiple things together, that still is okay. You're not left or worth less than anybody else because you choose a different path. And I love what you shared, guys, on this because this is a very important message that I want to send out there. Obviously, pe- person to person, business to business. But I, I, yeah. I do think that my corporate jobs have definitely taught me how to speak like more professionally how to conduct a professional email things like that and then you know we switch when we need to absolutely makes sense i agree i think it's very important and to me i learned so much from my corporate job and i still keep the same structure in my agency and that's why i've been able to scale because i still have that mentality and sometimes the difference is there so i love that you shared that now i want to dive into the metrical feature i've been using metrical now for three months and i wanted to work with you guys because i absolutely love the tool and i wanted the tribe to experience that and find out about it because i tried many different scheduling tools and the way this always ends up is that I leave them for some reason or the other but what happened with Metrical is that I seen not only me working better but also the team that worked with me working better so I want you Aniston to share what are your favorite tools just give me a little bit of an overview. Okay so there's kind of two main sides to Metrical so there's the planning side and then there's the analytics side so with planning you know, we make it really easy to post to multiple platforms at once and you can automatically schedule your content so that it, you know, automatically posts for you. And I think this is something that saves a lot of, you know, social media managers time and that this is super valuable um, in a, even if it seems kind of a, like a small process. Um, the mm. fact that you're able to have all your content kind of uploaded in one space and going out automatically for you can kind of see what you're posting because if you had to go in manually to each phase and then kind of keeping track of that I would be really stressful (laughs) so I agree that's the planning side um and then the analytics side uh so kind of in our platform we break it down into each uh, social media network. So you can go into Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, kind of all of all across the board and look at specific data, your specific demographics. Um, and one of my favorites is kind of the list of your top posts. 
So you can mm. see in Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok. Okay, what is performing well um, in this period of either you know a month, three months, um, and you can see kind of an overview of what your audience is interacting with most, what they're liking most. Um, so those are two that I really like. Those are uh, both free features, so you know anyone can access that. And then a um, premium feature that. I love that could work with Magical without it, in my opinion, is social media reporting. Basically, our tool puts together all of your social media data in one nice, clean, beautiful document. Um, you can add in your brand logos, kind of customize it to make it your own or clients. Um, it eliminates all manual reporting. You can create a report, a social media report in seconds. Um, I think it's just really useful. Uh, you can, you know, continue to look at that data to improve your strategies, see what's working, see what you can improve on. Something that I think is super useful for social media managers and freelancers across the board. I love that you shared the report because we use the premium plan in our team. And by the way, for every listener, you have access to the premium plan. If you go to www.metrical.com and use the code BOSS, you can actually try it. And I will highly recommend you to do this because it is super useful. What I like about it, I love the resizing feature and the reason why i mentioned this which might sound like a silly one but let me tell you i try many different platforms and what happens is you get to the scheduling and it's not a problem if it's your content but if it's a client content and then you get the auto resize done and it's done wrong and it's all a pixel mesh and it happened to me so many times so that's why i stopped using them so when i schedule content for clients on metrical i was scared and i was like oh my god i really hope that's not messed up but what i like about it you can see the preview base on each platform also i like how you have the auto list. The auto list is a very cool feature, especially as a marketer or for product-based business. Because what I like to do when I create strategies for social media clients, I give each particular post a reason to be there. So from awareness to conversion and as well as engagement and consideration. So the auto list I like because we create the evergreen content and the sales content so that we have that particular content every week in specific days and we know that that content is covered so i also brief the team to create that content in advance the report is fantastic because it just gives you a full insight i also love how the insights are so specific and i agree with you honest on the details about the top performing posts i really like also i do like the competitive feature as well because it's really interesting to see how your post is performing against someone in your niche as well. I think that was really useful as well. So I highly recommend that. And I agree, we've seen a huge improvement in the productivity as an agency because the team has access to it. They can schedule the content for the client, but they also can manage the community. We do offer community management in the agency. So I love the fact that I can access to the DMs or to the comments directly from the platform. You know, sometimes when it comes to community management as a social media manager, it can be quite tricky to have, to have access to the team, you know, give them the credential of the clients. They're very safe. So I do prefer this type of analogy and this type of style. So I really recommend that. Now, Alex, Let's talk about social media scheduling because, you know, as a social media manager, there are so many meets 
around the fact that social media scheduling tools are affecting the account. They're decreasing the reach. They make you shadow ban. I heard all sort of stories throughout the years. Now, I want your take on that. And what's your opinion? Because I never really get the opportunity to ask this question to anybody. So I'm curious. Well, believe us when we say we probably get it multiple times a week, like in terms of questioning, just general questions. Right. <laughs> um, it's definitely something that's challenging because it has been a myth for so long, but people, I mean, there's so many people that still believe it. And I think across the board, like not just social media managers, but just like any brands or any agencies that schedule content out, like more than likely they're using a scheduler. So I think it's it can be such a frustrating topic for so many people because we have to constantly explain that it is a myth. And there's also something that I think that people don't take into account is that there are two different types of like scheduling systems, right? So we have the authorized one where we follow all of the rules, you know, platform specific. So the meta API, the TikTok API, if we're following all of those specific rules and we have, you know, no reason to be a shadow banned account because we are authorized, we talk hand in hand with the people that work on those platforms so that we can provide the best third-party service to our clients, our users. Um, and then there's also, you know, there are those actual accounts that don't necessarily follow any of those rules or go against the rules of the API. And those are the ones that can get, you know, you know, shadow banned and get you into trouble, get your account deactivated. So Metropole is an authorized tool. We are, you know, always having conversations when we can with those platforms and we follow all of the rules needed. But I also think that there's another aspect to it that a lot of people fail to take into account as well, that it, there's so much more to, you know, the management of your social than just scheduling. Like there's the engagement aspect, there's taking into account where your analytics say that maybe like your app your users or your followers are the most active. All of that takes into account how good your posts are going to do and like where your reach and your engagement is. And it's important to look at it in like a wide picture scale as opposed to just I scheduled my post out wide doesn't not have any views. I love that. And it's very true. There is so much more to consider. And I feel like this is the difference between approaching your content marketing as a business versus approaching it as a content creator or, you know, someone who doesn't prioritize business goals to it. I often talk about this with the tribe and I mention how important it is to, you know, you want to plan your content and that means you also need to be able to read the analytics and you need to be able to see what the analytics mean to your business. And that isn't just vanity metrics, right? You can have a post that has 50 views, 10 comments, but you get five leads out of it. And, you know, and that is a conversion for the clients. So I love what you shared because it's very important. Also, the planning part of Metrical that I like is also the percentage. You have the calendar and you have the percentage of followers that are live at that moment. So you can see that in advance. And people might argue, oh, you can see that on Instagram. But I can say from my personal experience is not always accurate. And I do love the fact that I'm able to manage everything in the same place. Something that I would like to mention is the opportunity for you with Metrical to use and to manage 
all your social, from Pinterest to Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, but also your Google business, your website, your blog, your pay advertising, your Google advertising, your Facebook advertising, TikTok. What I liked about it, that was, that was what drove me to begin with. It was the fact that I had everything in the same place. And that makes the process so much easier for the reporting. Because what happens with us as an agency when we're working with clients, we need to send a report. And when you have to take all this content outside from each platform individually, it does take a good three to four hours work when you are working on a multi-channel brand. So I do love the productivity factor in there. When I mentioned at the beginning that we increased it by 40%, that's part of that is their reporting. So I love that you guys shared that. Now, I have a question for Aniston. When it comes to copywriting, we have seen a huge shift with copy in the last 18 months. We started with, you know, the approach of threats at the beginning of July and content shifting temporarily for a bit into more of a writing, into more of a written based content. Now, I would love your take on copywriting for social media management. I think one of the biggest challenges social media managers have, and I can tell from a perspective of me reading the content of someone else work is that sometimes I can tell when it's the brand writing or when it's the social media manager writing. I don't know if you agree with me because the tone of voice is not quite right. So my question is, what would you recommend to any social media manager looking to improve their copywriting skills from a tone of voice perspective? They're working on a specific brand. Yeah. I think the first step is research. I think research is super important because without understanding what your audience is looking for, um, you know, kind of what pain points they have, what solutions they need, then you're not going to understand what resources you need to be posting, what, you know, kind of the resourceful um, content that you need to be posting. Um, and then also the relatability side of it. Um, what are they interested in? What behaviors do they have? Um, that's going to kind of help you understand the relatability aspect of it um, and what they're interested in and what's going to you know keep them engaged. So research part is super important. Um, some research kind of tools that can help you kind of on a larger scale are things like answer the public um, and even keyword research um, is important to see those trending keywords, those trending topics. Um, but then when it comes to kind of your audience specific, I think you need to look at your content, see what's performing well, see what's getting the most engagement. Um, so that's, you know, who's commenting? What are they saying? So taking all of this kind of research, I think it needs to be put into a place and outlined in a plan of, okay, what is our client's pain point? What are they interested in? And this will help you kind of build your tone of voice and your branding. Um, and I think that kind of research part is really overlooked because when it comes to captions, I think people are like, oh, it's just a caption. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter, mm. but it does. And I think uh, even adding in that text in videos or, you know, over, you know, on a thumbnail, um, I think it mm. does make a difference. And then you can find ways to, you know, optimize your content for SEO purposes to actually find your audience. Um, so I think doing the research is it's invaluable. I think it's super necessary um, to improve copywriting. I love how you explained that and what is coming up for me are three key things. One of them is the behavior of your audience. 
So being able to meet the audience where they are, and this is something I always talk about, you know, being able to read in between the lines of your comment, try to understand the mood and the predominant approach of the audience at that time. If it's Friday afternoon at 5 p.m., we don't want to see an overcomplicated educational lie where you talk about the constellation and how they plan together. <laughs> you know, we probably want to see something more fun and, you know, more relatable. I also love the point of having the research and understanding the copy and the accessibility. So captions, absolutely agree with you. Caption, I don't see enough videos with captions. It is such a underestimated power, especially with video marketing. And even on stories, I always mention the importance of writing the overview of your post, as well as using the captions on your video. But when it comes to Instagram captions for posts, one of the main points that I would like to highlight is the repurposing of the copy of your caption in your story. Instead of having this 2017 vibe of new post sticker that nobody clicks on, I would say take your caption and repurpose that on your story and give a call to action to your offer or to your service or to whatever you're looking to push at that moment. I think that's a big, big takeaway that I would like the listener to walk away with. Now, what's your take as a copywriter and SEO person on ChatGPT? I'm curious. So I personally don't really use ChatGPT. I think that there are some benefits in terms of gaining new content ideas or if I'm just stuck and kind of need, especially for titles and headings, I like to use it for mm. those purposes um, to get great hooks. I think it's a good way to find hooks and um, ways to pull people in. But in terms of kind of longer writing content, I, you know, I don't use it for any blogs or any, um, you know, longer writing. I think that it can be useful when it's sprinkled in here and there or, but I think the personal um, human side of writing. I mean, I love writing. I don't want AI to take it over. Um, I know. So yeah, I think I would recommend using it. Barsa, um, I don't think you should be using it to take over all of your writing. I agree. I feel, well, first of all, I can tell with something is completely written with ChatGPT and now it's so obvious that I'm like, oh God, really? How long did it take you to do that? Three seconds? <laughs> and then I'm just like, come on. I do like to rewrite things. For example, not being a native English speaker, I find it very useful for the form sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I prefer it when it comes to, okay, I brought this. Can you give me a form of a different type of writing I can use? So I like it as a perspective. I think that's very useful. And working with people with different languages, sometimes I I always say, you know, when I have someone in my team writing something with ChatGPT, I say, okay, great. I know you use that. You can, but you need to you need to edit it. Like This is not right. You need to change it. And I think that's very important. And I love how you mentioned the point of creativity and how to keep the personal touch to it, because I think that's one of the things I believe as social media managers, we have to make sure we provide to the client. It's that personal touch and the personal value, because that's where we can make a difference. And I believe that alongside with the, you know, reporting and really make sure you are on top of your accountability when it comes to your client's management style of social media pages. I think that's the way 
I would like to close the um, the interview. But I wanted to thank you guys for your amazing perspective. I want to invite everyone in the audience to click on the link on the description and start their experience with Metricool. We use it. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I think you guys done an incredible job. Well done. And you can also have a free 30 days premium trial. So why not try it, right? So it's good. Thank you so much. Thank this you. was awesome. Very very welcome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right. That is it for today. Now, that was a jam-packed episode full of value just for you. But let me tell you a secret. The best conversations actually happen after the show over at the Digital Bosses page on Instagram. You're more than welcome to join the tribe there. We have incredible conversations and it's full of action taker business owners just like you. So we cannot wait to see you there. Plus, if you are looking to support us and you would like to let us know what are your thoughts about today's show, Take a screenshot of the episode, tag us on your Instagram story, and let us know your feedback. We share each and every one of our listeners, and we cannot wait to share yours too. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you with Claire, same time, same place, next week.